The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may appear as live. Welcome to Hope Reigns, a show brought to you by Eight Days of Hope, where we share God-sized stories from the mission field all around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiella. Well, welcome to another week of Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. We are so thankful that you're joining us today. My name is Steve Tiber, hanging out with my friend, Mr. Mike Fiella, as we bring, hopefully, some God-sized stories from the mission field, Mike. And we definitely How? will. There's so many yes. things going on in the mission there field. Is. And I didn't mean to cut you off there, but you got me all excited again because we have a lot of great things uh, to share with you. We really do. I, you know, about 10 days ago, we had a major announcement where eight days of hope, 18, you know, we travel the country and we help families rebuild after disasters. We've been around since 2005 after hurricane Katrina, pretty much a volunteer led. We have 180 volunteer leaders. I think we have seven staff members, but 50,000 volunteers have traveled the country. And uh, a week ago, Wednesday, we announced that eight days of hope, 18, which is our 18th major rebuilding trip where God sends thousands of volunteers to one city and we rebuild hundreds of homes in eight days. I know it sounds crazy, but uh, that's who, you know, our God, he is amazing. He Mm. brings the saints together. We announced that we're going to Lake Charles, Louisiana from December 3rd through the tent. So let's just talk about that real quickly, Mike. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago, we, we, we had a conversation they had five disasters, like in a two-year sure. period. Three hurricanes, flooding, and freeze. Now, Mike and I talk fast because we live up up north, up <laughs> up up in the northeast. But Mike said three hurricanes. Let that soak in for a minute. Sure. Some areas of the country think of Hurricane Michael, Panama City, one hurricane that did a lot of damage. Right. You know, think about Hurricane Ida, a lot of damage came through Louisiana. Uh, the eastern part of Louisiana, but Lake Charles, Louisiana, had Hurricane Laura damaged 44,000 mm. homes. Come on. Hurricane Delta, Hurricane Zeta, flooding, and believe it or not, an ice storm that froze pipes from Houston to Beaumont to Lake Charles. Five disasters, Mike, in two-year period. Mm. And we were there for many of them. We come in right afterwards with our rapid response team. So we gutted the houses out. We tarped roofs. We did chainsaw work. We, we you know, helped salvage things for families. But this will be the first time since these five disasters happen that we are praying that we will bring thousands of volunteers to Lake Charles, Louisiana, December 3rd through December 10th. It starts on a Saturday morning. It ends on a Saturday. Come for two, three days. Come for all eight days. It's free. We provide food and lodging, and we need skilled people, people who are good with their hands, your carpenters, handy women. You know how to paint. You know how to do flooring. You can set a toilet. You can get on a roof. You can do drywall work. We also need less skilled people. Maybe you could do a little of that, but maybe not great, but you can be a great helper. Maybe you can carry the shingles. Maybe you can make the sandwiches for the volunteers. Maybe you can do the volunteers' laundry. Sign up today. Volunteering is open as we speak at 8daysofhope.com. Read the FAQs, frequently asked questions, volunteer. You will get to see Mike and Steve down there. Not That's not the reason you're coming, <laughs> but we're going to be there. We can't wait, Mike. 8 sure. Days of Hope, yep. 18, December 3rd to the 10th. But let me back up. You said five disasters. How about the sixth one that was attached to it? A pandemic. 
Oh my gosh! And, we're, and, yes. and I, I have to say, how how resilient the folks in uh, mm. Lake Charles are, and and the pastors and and the teams that are working together. Five disasters during a pandemic. Well, I mean, not all of them drink during a pa- pandemic. Wasn't a Delta a little earlier? No, I mean, all these happened in the last two years. Okay. Yeah, last two years, Mike. So what's right now? Yeah. yeah. So, so right right in the wheelhouse. We actually were deployed. We went to Jennings, Louisiana, and we were helping out with some of the flooding down there and actually uh, the hurricanes. And uh, the pandemic, you know, was going on. So we had to do things differently. And, of okay. course, some volunteers didn't feel comfortable traveling. That's fine. Sure. But still, we took thousands of people to Louisiana for those storms. But now we get a chance to rebuild homes. And we've got an amazing facility. It's the uh, Civic Center right there in Lake Charles. It's right on the water. Nice. Um, beautiful sunrises, sunsets. Um, we think in the next week or two we're going to be able to announce that some Christian music artists are going to come in and do a concert and and do worship with us as well. So it's going to be a fun time. Bring your kids. Bring your men's ministry group. Bring your 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 business. Maybe you own a roofing company and you've been looking for a way to get involved, give back. What happens, Mike, when you give? What happens to you personally? Mm. Not that we should do it for these reasons, but something happens when you give of your time or your efforts or your resources. You know, there's always a part of the human heart that is looking for some satisfaction, some peace, Mm. some encouragement, all those words attached to it. But fulfillment comes to my mind. You'll be fulfilled internally as a person as you give, particularly uh, anybody. But think about the business. Uh, you know, you're a business owner. You, you give some time to it. You can't outgive God. Amen. You're, you're serving God. You're giving a part of yourself, a part of your business. And it comes back to you financially, spiritually, in every way. And what an example we always say for our families, for our kids, and for our grandkids to, to uh, give of your time and talents. And you've taken your grandkids on missions trips. I know that, you know, you were in Buffalo, New York. doing. We had sure. unique outreach out there. And, you know, my kids for, for 17 years. Yes. They have traveled the country and they have seen hurricanes and flooding and tornado and, and, and so much. But again, December 3rd to the 10th, this is the time for you to just take, you know, a step of faith. Maybe you've never been on a mission trip. This is the time. This is the time. And no one, Mike, is talking about mm-hmm. what happened in Lake Charles. No one. No. It's, it's you know, Our news cycle is so different these days. Mm-hmm. That maybe when you and I grew up, when we had a, remember the newspaper? Yes, used to, paper boy used to throw it, at yeah. the, hit the front door, and all oh, sure. papers here. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You knew it was there, right? I was a paper boy. That was a lot of fun, except for those dogs, Where? man. Those dogs. Oh yeah, I was. For oh, the dogs. A couple okay. years. Yeah, um, <laughs> but no one's talking about it. I mean, we're talking about coming out of a pandemic. I pray, you know, coming out. But um, we're talking about football season, college and pro, and we're talking about you know vacation time and and, and elections and and Christmas is right around the corner. Where's our next vacation? Well, what about Lake Charles, Louisiana? Mm. We will provide a place for you to sleep. We, we will have RV spots. We have all the information on our website, 8daysofhope.com. Churches, let me speak to you for a moment. If you're on a missions board, I'm going to ask you a question. How many times in the last three years have you encouraged the saints to leave the church, to leave the pew, to go serve others? And I get it. This has been a very unique season in our country. And I respect personally those who have chosen to be prayer warriors or maybe provide donations and the funds to for people to do similar to what we've done the last couple of years. But let's not get comfortable. Let's not make that the new norm, Mike. That's right. Come on. Let's let's remember what it meant to 
take a Sunday school class on a mission trip. Come on, yeah. To announce to your church that, you know what, we haven't done anything in three years, but we think it's time, it's safe, and you know we're going to go serve right. with eight days of hope. Mm-hmm. But it's time to get off the sidelines. Absolutely. And what an impact it's going to make on your Sunday school class or your youth group or your men's group and on your church and pastor on your ministry uh, when we reach out like that. Uh, and we're always looking for how can we uh, improve our ministry? How can we uh, grow? Serve. Serve. Jump jump in the middle of it. And, you know, I always say this, you can't outgive God. I think I've already said it on the program today. No. And and as you do and you give, um, you're going to get. You're not doing it so you get. Right. But you know you know what I'm saying. You can volunteer online at 8dayshope.com. Maybe you can't go in early December. The, the schedule just doesn't work out. You know, you, your kids are in school or you got travel plans. There's a wedding going on or, you know, you, you just can't get away from work. You can do a couple other things. We're going to ask you to pray. Pray that God shows up in a mighty way. We believe he's going to. Yes. That hearts will be changed Mm -hmm. for eternity purposes. Yes, we're going to rebuild homes. We're going to love families. But Mm -hmm. we want people to come to meet Jesus, to become brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can't volunteer, sign up for our email alerts at our website. But lastly, donate. Mm -hmm. You know, we shared, Mike, you know, a couple weeks ago that... The outreach is going to cost about eight hundred thousand. Now we're going to do about four or five million dollars of work, but we've got to raise about eight hundred thousand mm. dollars. Now here's what's really unique, and if you if you're in, a listener of every week, you probably have heard this so many times, you like just want to plug your ears. But we have partners, and they cover our fixed costs. That's right. They're listed on our website. So if you donate to Eight Days of Hope eighteen in Lake Charles, December third or tenth, all those dollars will be. Attributed or sent to that eight hundred thousand dollar amount, hundred percent pass through. Yep, hundred percent pass through. So please do that. You can do that online, or you can mail a check. And our address is on our website, Facebook page. I'll give it out again at the end of the show. And, and, and think about it, folks. As you donate, it's like these folks have been forgotten. Yeah. And this is going to get them back into their homes. Some of them, just, they're just not in their homes. Or it's not The work's not done yet. Yeah. You know, Mike, this year we've been to Kentucky helping out the flooding victims. We built safe houses for Tim Tebow uh, in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, his foundation. Scarlet Rope in Jackson, Tennessee. We've been uh, in upstate New York. You know, we were in Mayfield, Kentucky the, with the, the tornado. Um, you know, we provided water recently to families through churches in Jackson, Jackson Mississippi. Yeah. There's a big water issue there. We always move before we even raise a penny because we believe God always provides those resources. And he has for 17 years, Mike. He does. 17 years. But people, Lake Charles, Louisiana, it is about two hours and 30 minutes from Houston. It's about two hours from New Orleans. It's right on the coast. My northern friends, our northern friends, what a great time to go down south in early December. Love it. Yes. It's going to be nice about and warm, 70 degrees. Sunny, yeah. Sunshine. Yes. And you, know what, and, you, oh. you, and you know what we should call this one? What? what? You know. Eight pounds of hope. Oh, yes. Man, everyone Louis, is Louisiana. Like a, no, but Louisiana does Yeah, it you're right. right. Yeah. The way they do their food. Mm-hmm. Cajun style. Like, like why, why our, am I dripping my, my, my side of my mouth? My mouth, saliva glands are like <laughs> popping left and right. You know, I'm going to uh, Lake Charles this week, and uh, shrimp po' boy. 
that's my weakness when I go down there. Can you have some Shrimp FedEx back this way to <laughs> my address? I can give it to you. <laughs> hey, Mike, we've got some really interesting guests. As you know, we uh, build safe houses with ministries for those rescued from trafficking. We do. We have built 12 facilities around the country from Texas to Mississippi to New York, South Dakota, Tennessee, and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, in October, uh, starting next week, for two weeks, we're going to be serving a ministry called Mercy Gate. And when we come back out of break, we're going to be talking to uh, Lisa Carpenter and Shay Spencer. And they are going to be telling us more about the ministry of Mercy Gate. Okay. And we'll be telling the listeners a little bit more about what we're doing to respond to those who've been rescued from trafficking. It's real. Absolutely. It's the fastest growing crime in the world. And today, you're going to learn a little bit more about it. Now, here's the deal. We're going to give you some information about trafficking after the break, but you do not have to change the dial if you've got a nine-year-old in your car. Mm. We're not going to cross those lines. But trafficking is real. It's the fastest growing crime in the world. It's estimated in the next 10 years it will surpass uh, drugs, the amount of dollars Mm. that drugs generate. And it's happening everywhere. It just isn't a New Orleans, New York City, Las Vegas thing. This is happening in Beaumont, Texas. Mm. This is happening in Erie, Pennsylvania. This is happening in Ottawa, Kansas. I mean, this is happening everywhere. Every place that there's a smartphone, it's happening. I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, we will, because smartphones is kind of like the entryway sometimes for these traffickers to find children who maybe are frustrated with their families or are thinking about running away or just uh, maybe uh, are being raised by a single mom and feel like they're not being appreciated. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have apps that we know that traffickers use. So before we even go to break, if you're interested in getting the list of apps as grandparents and parents should know that their children should not have mm-hmm. on their smartphones, email us at safehouse at eightdaysofhope.com and we'll send you that list. There's about 50 apps on there. And uh, Mike, you and I have seen that list. It's fantastic. It's, yep. Yes. A lot of great, great information. Email us at safehouse at eightdaysofhope and we will get you that list. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Lisa and Chase Spencer a little bit more about Mercygate. And uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. During the past 16 years, over 8,000 families have experienced the hope of Jesus following a natural disaster through the help of almost 45,000 volunteers. God has also given us the chance to build and renovate facilities to bring safety and healing to survivors of human trafficking. The Rapid Response Ministry has been busier than ever with 44 deployments over the last 18 years. And then this year, we're excited to announce a brand new focus, mass feeding. When a disaster hits across the country, our mass feeding ministry will show up and serve those who have lost everything, families who are hungry and simply need a chance to enjoy a hot meal. The goal is simple, to provide up to 8,000 meals every day for up to eight days for this community. It's free to volunteer with 80s Hope. We provide the food and lodging. All you have to do is show up and be the hands and feet of Jesus. For more information about this growing ministry, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. 8 Days of Hope is thankful for ministry partners like Provia, a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia's mission is to serve by caring for details. And each employee strives to do that every day. Provia combines automation and human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. 
More about Provia's mission and products can be found at Provia.com. That's P-R-O-V-I-A.com. How far is too far? I thought I'd be there by now. Follow chain to the place. I was sure your grace ran out. I kept running and running and running. You kept chasing and chasing and chasing. A million miles of mine. Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Steve Tiber and Mike Fiala hanging out with Tasha Lighton. How far? I saw I saw her you did. at a showcase in Orlando for all the Christian music festivals. Excuse me. That was with the Christian music broadcasters. Okay. She came down and did some songs. She's amazing. And she Powerhouse. Was, she was at a lot of the Christian festivals around the country. She was at Kingdom Bound, which I know right. that you were at in upstate New York, but she's been all over the place. and. She, she's amazing. So thankful for her ministry of mm-hmm. using song to share the gospel, but uh, some good stuff. Yeah, and with the many festivals that Eight Days of Hope are, are, are yeah, a part of, yeah. you're going to see her again and again and again, yeah. I'm sure. Actually, there's only a couple left, Mike, but Eight Days of Hope has been at 26 Christian music festivals around the country with one of our new friends, Ben Fuller. Yes. Uh, he's been, I think, about 20 of them mm-hmm. talking about Eight Days of Hope and sharing a little bit about the arm of the ministry where we help families right after now natural disasters, and also a little bit about the topic we're going to be talking about today. You know, Mike, two years ago, um, you know, my actually, this goes back further. Seven years ago, mm. my wife and I, at the ripe ages of 55 and 54, <laughs> decided to adopt um, an older girl from an orphanage okay. in an Asian country. And the thought mm. was, I had learned a little bit about trafficking. And some of these girls in some of these Asian countries, they get aged out around 14. Okay. Some 16. And they mm-hmm. literally are walked to the door. They're given their suitcase, maybe about $20 American money. And then they're like, that's it. Really? Oh my gosh. And so I thought, oh, you got to be kidding me. And so traffickers pay people to say, hey, when you see a young girl just hanging out, not knowing where to go, text me and I'll come by. And oh my. they start grooming right come away. On. Come on. It's crazy. Come on. It's abs- And so when my wife and I learned a little bit about this, we decided, all right, we're going to adopt. And so we found an 11-year-old girl, and uh, she had a sister. So the plan was to adopt one, but we adopted two. two. Yep, yeah. Number four, number five, and, and they've been with us seven years. Yeah. We've learned so much about trafficking but that two years ago, Eight Days of Hope launched a new arm where we build facilities for free. We provide free labor, sometimes Mm -hmm. even some of the materials, and we now have built 12 facilities around the country, Mm -hmm. three in Texas, Indianapolis with Frank and Linda Reich. Frank coaches the Colts. Him and his wife are are instrumental in the NFL about uh, helping out against trafficking. Mm -hmm. We just finished a couple weeks ago Tim Tebow's project in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And Mm -hmm. so these 12 facilities are led by ministries, and they're providing hope to women and children rescued from trafficking. It's the fastest growing crime in the world. And the newest one we're going to be doing, or up and coming one, is the biggest. Yes, oh yes. So in Ohio, we're breaking ground next month on a five and a half to six million dollar facility. 
It'll be the largest facility in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. We're leading it from start to end. And it is going to be the largest facility for children rescued from trafficking. But before we start that one, we've got another one coming up. Yes, come on. And I am so excited to have Che and Lisa with Mercy Gate Ministries with us. They're calling in from Texas. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good morning. morning. We're great. Well, I'm going to start with Che. Um, You're... So both of you are co-founders, but I think, Che, you're exactly, um, you're serving as the executive director. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you and Lisa? You're the co-founders. Tell us a little about Mercygate, how it was founded, how long it's been around, and a little bit about the uh, the ministry, what you do, and, and how you serve those who've been rescued. I would love to. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, so Mercygate Ministries was founded in 2017, and to give a little bit of backstory, Lisa and I have been friends for years, but um, in 2016, they started the church. Uh, it's Cross Kingdom Church in Kerrville, and so when we when they started the church, we saw a need, and it was just huge, and so the need, not necessarily at this time for trafficking, our hearts were simply to serve, and um, I had been working with women for the past 15 years in different areas. And when we started the church, we just kept seeing things, just needs and needs. But one in August of 2017, we met a special person that we were just trying to help. And it was just whoever the Lord brought, we would help. And her name was Carla Solomon. Mm -hmm. And Carla had been rescued from human trafficking Mm -hmm. in uh, 2016 by DPS. She was abducted by a man and um, taken across the country mm. for, a, it was not a very long time, but it was absolutely just horrific abuse. And her story is very, it's compelling. It, it, it's the most beautiful story of Jesus, just meeting someone where they are and absolutely her life today. She has to tell you her story because it's so powerful to, you don't see it in her anymore. You don't see the trauma. You just see Jesus. And so we met her in August of 2016. And right after that, the Lord said, okay, formalize. So Lisa and I said, okay. We always joke. We said we were going broke because everybody, (laughs) the Lord would just bring people. We say, okay, yes, we'll help you. You need an apartment. You need food. You need this. You need that. You need shelter, whatever. And so we were just helping people and we said, we can't keep up. There's no way. And so we were just getting out of our own pockets plus the church. And we thought, this is too much. And so I was driving down the road one day, and the Lord said, Mercy Gate Ministries. So I called Lisa, and I said, the Lord said Mercy Gate Ministries. She goes, I love it. And so it was birthed. <laughs> we signed the papers in October of 2017, and it was not long after. I mean, we just hit the ground running. Carla came on. She told her story for the first time um, in 2018 because the man that she uh, that hurt her and trafficked her, he was actually on the run. He was FBI's 10 most wanted. And really? so, yes, and we had to hide everything about her and really protect her. Um, and, it, you know, she, here's what, let me just say this. When people think domestically, so when you were talking about the other girls that you, your daughters that you helped um, and brought in, domestic trafficking is very different than foreign. Right. And so it's really important for, for us yes. in the States to understand how different it looks. And so here, um, Carl was trafficked as a teen. She didn't have a name for it. She had, uh, the abuse for her went way back to two years old. Mm. And that's what we've seen with all the girls. 
um, I would say about 95% have had trafficking or some type of sexual trauma early on in life, um, very early, two years old, four years old, incest. And so anyway, we, um, Lisa and I, we really saw God move in this, and it was so beautiful to watch God open the doors. And we, in 2018, we actually inherited a home. Um, there was another nonprofit locally, and they were having to, the woman who started it, her husband was sick. And so she said, I can't continue to do this. She actually did her part of her thesis for her PhD on my story. My story is not exactly like these girls, but I, too, have a story of coming out of great darkness. And um, Jesus just absolutely doing what only he can do. And so she did part of her thesis on me for her PhD, and it was her home. And she said, uh, I would really, I think that this, there's a whole story with this, but we pitched it to their board, and we got the home. And that was how we got our first home. And so we did we. Pitched it in 2018, and then by 2019, we signed the papers, and then 2020, January of 2020, we opened our first home. But since then, we have had, we have now, so this is our first home we have, now we're opening, you guys are going to help us with our second home, and then uh, we also have a non-residential program, and then we also have, uh, we do prevention, and we speak in schools. And we go and we help train all the local churches and any businesses. Uh, we are, so Carla Solomon is actually, she sits on the governor's council. So uh, Governor Abbott here in Texas, mm-hmm. they have a survivor leadership council. Yeah. And so those are survivors that have come out of, you know, trafficking that have a passion to see people not only have raise awareness, but the prevention side of it and just really educate the community communities. And so Carla sits on that. She also works with Homeland Security. We help do sting operations. Um, the last one that we did was in June, and uh, there were 61 men arrested, and there were 11 women uh, recovered. Six went into services. Uh, the others chose not to. And so we do a lot of different things. Yeah. But our, This all started, you know, with the, the trafficking, the homes. The residential homes are so important. Sure. Because many of these women, they can't do normal life. Right. They can't. They can't have a job. They can't, you know, they're not employable because the trauma is so great. Right. And so I always say with, you know, there are a lot of people that want to put Jesus in a box when it comes to this. And I said, it is not about the programs. If Jesus is not in this, this the trauma is so great and it goes right. so far back in their life. We have to take Jesus out of the box. <laughs> sure. And he's He's got to come through and do what only he can do. And so, yeah, wow, that's that's a lot of great information. Thank you for the timeline. Lisa, question for you. So this has been a very interesting, you know, five, six years, um, you know, to see this come to be. You have a house now. Do you use a, a set curriculum? Or let, before we even get there, walk the listeners down the path, Lisa. Um, do you actually go out and rescue or are those been rescued they're brought to you by the state or by somebody how, how do the young ladies how do they get connected with mercy gate lisa sure um yes yeah, so we realized that to do what we're called to do we had to partner with other organizations sure. law enforcement so mostly women are referred to us we don't necessarily physically go out and do the rescue we consider ourselves kind of like a second responder to those that are doing the rescue like che was talking about doing the sting operation we were there 
for the women that they were recovering. So we could be there to offer them services and help if they chose to want to have services. So we don't physically do the rescues now, um, but we are connected to so many other amazing organizations in the Texas Hill Country and Houston, Dallas, um, San Antonio, all the areas. And so we really network. And when somebody has a need, and it's hard to find placement, there are not enough homes. So we'll get calls if we have an opening and it's the right fit and they want to come, then we can um, bring them in. But it's very difficult when you only have a certain number of beds. So this is why this um, this new build, this new project is so vitally important to us. We're going to be able to triple the amount of women that we can serve. That's incredible. Um Lisa, I, I, I've got a question. If I can back up and say, you know, I, what are some of your programs? I mean, I know you, you restore, but I, I'm, I'm interested in something about prevent. I read mm-hmm. something about how do, you, how do you get this information out and which way and, and what avenues um, prevention? Is there a, right. a system to get this out so this doesn't happen? Exactly. Prevention is very dear to my heart because my thought is if we can prevent this right. happening from to one child, one adult, then I mean, we're ahead of the curve because you really can't rescue your way out of this problem. There's It's so overwhelming. So if we can prevent it in ways that we do that, we go into the schools. We teach okay. children red flags, what to look for, how do traffickers approach, what does it look like to be groomed. Um, we go to churches, we go, to, we speak to mothers, parents, anywhere that will open the door and allow us to come in and teach. Then we're there. We've um, Carla. She's gone and taught with the FBI. She's done training with the FBI, okay. Homeland Security. Um, the airports, it was amazing. She did a, a training for the San Antonio airport. Two weeks later, they rescued a girl that was being taken from San Antonio to California to be sold. Oh, wow. So these are the ways that we get out to do the prevention, and education is key to that. Mm-hmm. Prevent, and, and, you know, and I, I love the fact that, you, you know, prevention is a big part of what Mercy Gate's trying to do because, you know, on the front end— <laughs> it's a lot easier to prevent than it is to help somebody walk through the healing process. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a quick fix. It isn't like we'll do a 90 day program and, and, you know, meet once a week. I mean, you know, I, I know there's some programs out there like TBRI. I know that we've done some work with Elijah rising and, and the refuge in Texas and, and places around the country that use curriculum. Do you use once a young lady is in your facility? I know that you have one home right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Eight Days of Hope is getting ready to work with Mercy Gate starting next week for a couple of weeks in Texas. And you're in, and I heard you you mention Lisa that it would you know triple the amount of homes uh, spaces you'd be able to provide. But Shay, what 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 kind of curriculum do you give or do you follow once somebody comes into your house? So we have spent a lot of time combing over our curriculum and really so we use bible studies everything is biblically based um we believe that jesus is the healer now we'll say um there are life skills classes uh just 
you know, normal life skills classes that um, that are not necessarily biblical, but um, everything, they're all Bible studies. Some of them are things that we have created ourselves, but we do everything from, um, say, Lisa Bevere or John Bevere, or um, we do Beth Moore, we do... Um, Joyce Meyer, so a lot of a lot of Bible studies, and then a lot of us ourselves extracting curriculum and, and literally writing it. And so uh, that is how we we have spent so much time with the Lord and going over what this is supposed to look like. The girls are amazing at giving us feedback. They'll say, "There's a man named um, Dan Allender, and he's written some books, and he is as far as trauma and the healing and all of the." The effects from trauma, uh, to me, he's one of the best of the best. I just, there's one of his books, The Wounded Heart, and the girls have said, and this was a class of about nine people, and they said it was the best book that they've ever, it was the hardest book that they've ever done, the hardest study, it was the hardest class they've ever done, Mm -hmm. but they said it was the best, and it was the most informative, and he Mm -hmm. does it from a biblical approach, but it all, he's a psychologist, and but everything was biblical, but they said that it was so eye-opening to how it rolls over into the rest of your life, everything from eating. And so as far as curriculum, we are all across the board. We write it ourselves. We do Bible studies. Um, and, so, and a lot of it's just identity, you know, of, of what God can do, who God is, who you are in Him. And so the, and really understanding Scripture. For them to, we believe that you know, to fight with the Word, you know, to understand the Word, to memorize the Word. We start every single day with a devotion, with prayer, inviting the Lord into into their day, into their heart, and knowing how to just sit with Him and trust Him through this process of healing. It's not an overnight thing. They've spent a lifetime, a journey of, of heartache and abuse and not being able to trust people. And so one of our main things for them coming in the house is, you know, just let us love you. We become, the Lord told us very early on, He said, family hurt, now family needs to heal. And so you'll see the girls at our homes, you know, during Christmas or um, Easter and Thanksgiving. We all eat together. We stay together. You know, this is a family thing, and it has to be that way. We don't right. want it to be just a program. Sure. You know, there's so sure. much more than that. Um, Jesus I is think about it's family. important to add to that. On top of the curriculum with the Bible studies, we have art therapy. We do um, counseling, inner healing, prayer ministry, equine therapy. So there's it's not just, I mean, the, the primary, the heart of it is biblical. It is Jesus. All of it is Jesus. That art um, therapy blows me away. You would not believe how the girls open up when they're doing a piece of art. And it's just, it's been absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And another important part, I think, um, to mention is we meet the women exactly where they are. You sure. don't have to be a Christian right. to come into this program, yeah, to come to Mercy Gate. It right. doesn't yeah. matter what you're coming out of. doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're angry at God, you don't believe in Him. We receive that person it's and beautiful. love them right where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Lisa, again, we're talking to Lisa Carpenter and Chase Spencer. They're the co-founders of a ministry called Mercy Gate in Texas. They uh, come alongside women who've been rescued from trafficking. Eight Days of Hope, two years ago, started a new arm where we build facilities for free for ministries who are providing hope 
to those who are feeling hopeless. And to your point, Lisa, and I know we got to go to break, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a quick point and we're going to jump to break. You know, I've met young ladies and children who've been trafficked. And some of them, in their darkest moments, they've just said, Steve, I mean, I, I was thinking there can't be a God. Yeah, right. a, a God wouldn't allow this to happen to me mm. time and time again, mm-hmm. day after day. And so, you know, I, I welcome and, I, and I'm and i thankful that Mercygate and other ministries that we've worked with, uh, you know, there isn't a prerequisite. You know, do, do you no. attend a church? I mean, healing needs people need to see Jesus in their in their darkest moments. And yeah. when you've been trafficked, I personally don't know of. A darker moment. Mm. Hey, we're talking to um, we're talking about uh, the arm of the ministry of Eight Days of Hope, where we look for skilled professionals, people who are handymen, handywomen. You're a painter, you're an electrician, maybe you're a carpenter, and maybe you don't even do it full time. But God has just gifted you. I have a family member, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. He was a teacher. He okay. taught for forty years. He just retired. This dude is pretty handy. He could go on a trip with Eight Days of Hope. Absolutely. If you're interested in learning about this arm of the ministry or you want to be invited on our next outreach, email us at safehouse at eightdaysofhope.com. Safehouse at eightdaysofhope.com. Hannah, Hannah, who's just back from her maternity leave. Go, Hannah. Um, Hannah will get back to you and uh, let you know a little bit about that arm. We have a major project in the Northeast, a six-month project starting uh, in the beginning of 2023. So even though you're probably going to miss out going to Mercy Gate because we already have the uh, 35 volunteers per day that will be working there, um, you can sign up and be a part of that. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Mercy Gate. MercyGateMinistries.com is their website. We're going to talk to Lisa Carpenter and Chase Spencer a little bit more about what Eight Days of Hope is actually going to be doing starting next week as they serve Mercygate. So we'll be back in a minute. Thanks for joining us. I'm Steve, hanging out with Mike. You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with Eight Days of Hope. Do you know the fastest growing crime in America and across the world is human trafficking? We're talking about millions of lives, even children. You know, I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take off its blinders and end this human tragedy. And this isn't only just happening in Las Vegas or New Orleans or overseas. This is happening right here in our backyards. You know, God has opened the door for us to partner with existing ministries across the country who are serving survivors of human trafficking. And for 14 days and sometimes longer, we take skilled volunteers, tradesmen and women, come together to help build a remodel facility for free to provide a safe place to get the emotional, physical and spiritual healing that survivors need. This year, we have projects around the country. We're going to be doing framing and drywall, painting, electrical work, and so much more. And so if you're skilled in a trade, please contact us at safehouse at 8dayshope.com or for more information, go to the website 8daysofhope.com. 8 Days of Hope is supported by a combination of donations from listeners and business partners like Provia. Provia is a manufacturer of residential doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. Provia is committed to serving their customers and sharing Christ in order to let our light shine before others so they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. More about Provia and their products at provia.com. Show me there was nothing to prove. Summer 
Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Steve Tiber hanging out with Mike Fiella. Mike, this has been a busy day for us. Oh, yes, yes. Blowing and going, brother. We, you know, we just announced a couple weeks ago our next mm-hmm. large rebuilding trip is happening in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Yes, yes, yes. December third to the tenth. We're looking for thousands of volunteers. We're believing God's going to send two thousand people, like He has been, uh, as we are going to help about one hundred and fifty families rebuild their homes because of her. Hurricane Delta, Flora, Zeta, Zeta. flooding, flooding. <laughs> and an ice storm. Yeah, in absolutely. like in Lake Charles, Louisiana, over the last two years. You know, crazy. I always think it this this has been a forgotten section of the country. Oh my gosh! You know? And it's so exciting that we're able to go in there and. All the all the ducks are lined up in a row yes. in a sense as far as make it happen. Go to our website eightdayshope.com. You can volunteer, read the FAQs. You can be skilled or less skilled. Everyone's invited. Family friendly. We provide the food and lodging. Our last trip in Laplace, Louisiana, Easter week this year because of Hurricane Ida, about fourteen hundred people showed up there. So we're expecting a lot of people from around the country. Again, go to eightdayshope.com. But today we're talking to Lisa Carpenter and Chase Spencer. They both are the co-founders founders of a ministry called Mercy Gate, mercygateministries.com. They provide a safe place for those who've been rescued from trafficking. And starting next week, ladies, welcome back. Starting next week, Adam and about 35 volunteers are going to be coming to your neck of the woods for the next couple weeks. What kind of projects are they going to be doing for you? Oh, we're so excited about this project. So we were blessed with the um, opportunity to purchase a new property, and when we purchased it, it has it's 4,500 square feet, but it was it was offices, so it was not mm. would not work for residential. So there's two half bathrooms, little bitty um, like galley kitchen. So we're going to be putting in full bathrooms. Commercial type kitchen, um, bedrooms, closets. We were re-roofing the property. Um, the porches need to be redone. It's a big project, mm-hmm. and we're just blown away. We, when we got the property, we were like, "Okay, Lord, you know our need, and you know what we have, and how are we going to accomplish all of this?" And it was so awesome. I got a, a phone call from a woman who had been on one of your projects in Louisiana. And she said, have you heard of Eight Days of Hope? I said, no. And she's like, look them up. Y'all need to apply. And so instantly we looked you up. We were like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. We applied. We talked to Hannah. And y'all accepted us. And then we, I mean, we've just been blown away ever since. So it's a big project. It's exciting because as soon as this project is done, like I said, we're going to be able to triple the amount of women. And so, and it's such a nice place. It's out of town. It's 
quiet. It's peaceful. So it's just going to be a beautiful place for these women to come and heal. In fact, we're calling it the Haven because it's just kind of tucked away and it's just, it's a beautiful little piece of property. And so we are beyond grateful Mm. to have eight days of hope come. Let me add to that really quick. Um, I just, we are so thankful because do you know, we've had to find placement for 50 women in the last year because we've had to turn away that many because we didn't have room. And so by eight days of hope doing this, um, and the other foundations that have helped us, we, it's going to get up and going within a couple of months and uh, we'll be able to accept more women right away. But yes, we've had to literally find placement for 50 women. I don't know about you, Mike, but when I talk to Lisa and Shay and we hear their voices, A, you can tell that they're very passionate about their work. Yes, you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. These ladies are, you could tell, <laughs> they're smart. Uh, they, they know where God is, is leading this ministry. It's all about Jesus with them. That's right. But they had to take a step of faith. You know, you know, I think, you know, a lot of times we talk about the birth of eight days of hope. I mean, it wasn't meant to be a national ministry. Right. It wasn't supposed to have a national radio show. Right. I mean, I mean, who are we, Mike? And we're just right. two guys. Right. But God called Lisa and Che when he created these two ladies. Mm. He created them even before they knew. That's right. He knew that they would be leading something called Mercy Gate. Mm. And I don't know about you, Mike. I know our world, sometimes we get down and out about things, and everybody's fighting over the little stupidest things. But mm-hmm. I'm excited about the future of our country when I when I hear the voices of Lisa and Shay and their passion for the brokenhearted. Yeah, and, and the thing is, these two have done... The reason they're... I believe they're successful. Obviously, they're following Jesus. But they're, they're hearing the call, and it's a step of faith. I mean, you know, mm. every time we go on... A, uh, an assignment, uh, you know, whether it's eight hundred thousand dollars, we and we <laughs> that just we, that we got to raise for late trials yet. <laughs> yeah, okay. that we just go, and these two are just going, and mm. as they go, I, I believe that the Lord sees it and He blesses it and He brings people in and around them that helps make this happen. But mm. you know, hats off, uh, ladies, to your faith and to Amen. your obedience to the Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you so much. We, I will say that one of the first girls, thank you so much for saying all that. You guys, as y'all know, because you've watched Eight Days of Hope and the Lord Bless, and we were just, because we got to come to visit the facility in Tennessee, and I'm sorry, in Mississippi, and we were just blown away by watching what the Lord had done for Eight Days of Hope, mm-hmm. and we feel, we saw the favor of the Lord and we saw the people that were there, and we saw the the love that was there. And we, and I'll tell you, we recognized it because we have those kind of people too. Mm. We've seen the Lord bring uh, people alongside of us that are so genuine, and we really are all a family. That goes from the staff to the women, and it's been the most beautiful thing. It's honoring because I know I always feel like. Thank you, Lord, for for getting to watch this unfold. What an honor and what a blessing Mm -hmm. it is. And it's not easy. I would be a liar if I said what we do is easy. And I'm sure you guys can say the same. It's not easy. And really, we walk alongside people who are so hurt every day. But one of the first women, I want to tell this story really quickly. Her name is Ashley. She's beautiful. She was the first woman in our first home. And Ashley was trafficked on the streets of Houston for 10 and a half years. 
And today, Ashley goes and speaks places. She's right under Carla. Carla is training her. She has a job. She has an apartment. She has um, family around her. She is trying to get her children back. She has a car that is paid off and driver's license for the first time when she got at 32 years old. Um, because forever, her, her whole life was just tragedy. I mean, tragedy mm-hmm. for sure. birth, literally. But to see her today and her give glory to God is proof that transformation, no matter what your past looks like, is possible. Mm-hmm. And she has literally transformed. She looks different. Her face, her eyes, she physically looks different. She wow. looks yeah. lighter than um, we've got the picture when she came in and then now. And she doesn't have the easiest to every single day. That's not what it's, this Christian life is about. We go through hard times. But she knows now she doesn't run back to the streets or to drugs or, or to men or anything like that. She now runs to Jesus. Mm. And so it's beautiful. And those are the stories you got to, I mean, you got to, you got to remember all that when things get down and out and when things mm-hmm. are tough. And, and Mike and I talk, of course, off air a lot. Leading a ministry can be very challenging. And the reason why is the enemy see that God's moving. And that's why there's a target yeah. on your back. And, and when things aren't going well and that the funding doesn't come in as quick as you thought, or maybe you don't get favor from a local judge or something is going on, you got to hold on to those moments where you saw God showed up in a big way and lean on that to give you the, uh, the energy and strength to continue to move forward. Uh, we only have a couple more minutes. Lisa, why, why do you do this? It's a calling. That's. I mean, it is seriously a calling. There are days I'm like, Lord, I had no idea that this <laughs> yeah. is what I was going to be doing. I thought I would be in the marketplace and business, sure. and I know I will use those skills later for the ministry. Mm-hmm. But it is a calling. It is a passion. There's no way. The days that I think to myself, I think I, I don't know if I can continue doing this. This is hard. It, I wake up the next morning. I'm like, there's no way I can walk away from this. This is my calling in life. This is a passion. And I'm telling you, walking with the girls and seeing their transformation, that is the biggest gift in life oh, I could ever receive. Amen. Shay, how could we, Mike and I, and uh, as we come to a close here, how can we pray for you and you and Lisa in the ministry of Mercy Gate. Again, mercygateministries.com, a safe place for those who've been rescued from sex trafficking in Texas. Eight Days of Hope will be partnering with Mercy Gate starting next week for a couple of weeks as we renovate a home that will help them triple their capacity. But, Jay, how can we pray for the ministry of Mercy Gate? We get invited to a lot of different tables. Like I said, a lot of it is uh, government and uh, things like that. So we feel like we're invited because when we're invited, we feel like the presence of God is there because he lives in us. Mm. And so um, that, you know, just praying that um, we get invited to the tables and that we we share him. And we don't have to always do it with saying his name, you know, because sometimes in those circles we just can't. Um, But just our presence there. And so um, we're thankful for all the invitations, but that we we would be wise. and just a lot of favor, which we've been giving, given, but um, just prayer for that. But also, really for the project, because our hope is that most things are completed by that the 14-day mark, and that we've just we 30 days after that, we are praying that everything else happens, and so that we would by a November 
30th, we are we are completed and that we can open those doors, program and all, by January 1. That is our prayer. Mm-hmm. And also we've got um, some referrals from um, FBI, other things, and people that are coming that uh, it's a very different walk than what we've walked with women before. And so just prayer that we know who to accept and know the ones that the Lord is bringing and that we will not, uh, we will just hear his voice on knowing mm. the ones that he's bringing. Because, you know, there we, we know we're wise enough to know that the enemy does want a foothold in this. Sure. And there are, there are women that we're supposed to take, and then there are women that we're not supposed mm. to take. And so we just want to be wise. Okay. Lisa, do you want to add anything to that list? I do. Um, as we grow, bringing the right people alongside of us to do the work of the ministry is vitally important. We're a small team. Um, we have an amazing team. There's 10 of us right now, and we need more. We need more people to come on board with the ministry. And so it takes the right person to be willing to sacrifice because this is not a position you take to make money. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. Well. You know, you're we, not making a lot of money here. I do. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I've got to do a little side job here and a side job there sure. so I can afford to do ministry. Oh, oh. And so mm. it takes really special people that are willing Amen. to make sacrifices. So Amen. that is really important as Amen. we grow. We're going to need strong people to come alongside us. Again, talking with our friends at Mercygate Ministries down in Texas, Lisa Carpenter and Chase Spencer. You know, I was in the corporate world for 30 years, and, and I've said this many times as a corporate leader, your greatest asset is your people. I see that at yeah. Eight Days of Hope. We, too, I think we have seven staff members, but thankfully 50,000 volunteers, but but you and your 10 people as well. But, hey, um, we do need to wrap up, but um, we're not going to let you go without praying because we, we don't ask what's your prayer request. We, you know, we, we do that because we want to pray. But, Father, thank you. Thank mm, you for yes. allowing us to yes. come across and um, connect the dots, Lord, between Mercy Gate ministries mm-hmm. and eight days of hope father you, we do thank you for that favor just to line that up father i know that wasn't our original plan in 2022 to try to get another project in but father you showed us mm-hmm. and mercy gate yes that this was to be and now we're going to follow your lead because you're in control we are not mm-hmm. father we pray for favor for Che yes. and lisa That's as right. they continue to uh, see where you want to connect the dots let them know when they should move forward when they should be still and maybe when they shouldn't just turn around and leave father i just pray that you would connect those dots for that mm-hmm. favor father for the project uh, the volunteers that are traveling to texas from all over the country to serve uh, with adam uh, in in direction with hannah and others on our team father we just pray for their safety as they travel yes we pray father that they get so much done father like mm. you've done elsewhere when we've traveled that they Come back to Lisa and Shay and say, what next? Father, we just, we pray for that. We pray that the project will be done in excellence. Father, not perfection, because we're not perfect, but in excellence, in a way that would honor you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for those who will be traveling that way. And Lord, as they look to expand their team, let them know when they should move, be still. That's right. Uh, But Father, when they do, are given that opportunity to bring another person on board, Lord, I just pray that they would have a kindred heart, Mm, that they would be there for the right reasons, Mm. not for self-acclamation or self, you know, 
you know, telling the world, look at what I'm doing, but Father, because you've called them to be on the front lines yes. to love those who are hurting mm-hmm. significantly. Mm-hmm. Be with Lisa and Shay, their families. I pray for their health, their finances, uh, their loved ones around them. Father, protect them as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We only have 30, 30 seconds, Jay, but again, I know it's mercy. It's mercygateministries.com. Can people donate online? Absolutely. We have a monthly partner page, and we also have a donate page. And so you can go on there and see all the things that we do and see the different things, everything from prevention to the restoration to the advocacy part. And so, yes, absolutely. We would love that. Great, great. Do that today. You know, a lot of times we ask for dollars here with Eight Days of Hope, and we've got all these projects ongoing. But if if you want to give, knowing that it's going to be used very quickly in a huge need in the South, in Texas, mercygateministries.com. We we give you full permission. I mean, who are we to to give you full permission? But (laughs) that's my way of saying don't worry about getting 8dayshope.com today, right? Don't worry about 8dayshope. Let's come alongside Mercygate, what God is doing. mercygateministries.com. Dot com. And again, Lisa, Jay, thank you so much mm, for yes. hanging out with Mike and I today. Thank, thank you so you. much for Bless having you all so you guys much. Such a blessing. We pray blessings over eight days of hope. What an amazing, amazing organization you guys have. Well, thank you both. And I hope to see you in a couple of weeks. God bless y'all. Absolutely. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Lisa, Lisa, goodbye. Lisa Carpenter and, um, oops. Of course, I'm going to do something I shouldn't do. What's that? Okay. There What's that go. button for? Oh, I don't know. I push it again. <laughs> Mike, why'd you neat. touch that button? <laughs> no, I'm, oh, no, I'm kidding. That was me. That was me. That was I me. love it. That's the first time. I don't think I've... No. But I, we've never had two callers at the same time. Anyways, yeah. Mike, Mercygate, mercygateministries.com. We've only got two a minute and a half, but what goes through your mind? I'm amazed once again at the just a step of faith, the hearing of God, answering the call they both said that they never expected to be where they are today sure but here they are you know they scratch their heads every day and say how did i get here and even when they feel like they you know i, I don't know if i can do this anymore because they've answered the call the holy spirit just touches them mm-hmm. draws them in reminds them all the, the the favor they're getting from the lord and the lives that are changing and these these ladies are stepped up I, i'm just so proud of them and they're on the front i mean they're really they're literally on the front, front lines line. yeah they're meeting the young lady who comes to their safe house and again eight days of hope mercy gate uh, a couple of weeks in october here we're going to be uh, renovating a four thousand square foot house that's going to triple their capacity wow people Ooh. that pray for the ministry of eight days of hope, god has given us so many opportunities like them to be on the front lines to be right. on the front row to watch right. him move right. how cool is that i i know that you probably won't be able to get down there but mike knowing that your leadership along with the other 180 volunteer leaders the impact that it's going to have for generations to come well, and I hope, listener out there, that you go to the website of Eight Days of Hope, get your get your name in the system. But listen, we always say this: we, you know, pray, volunteer, and you can donate. Especially something like this, a hundred percent gets passed yes. through to the front lines. You do that online at eightdayshope.com. You can mail donations to PO Box three two zero eight. That's PO Box three two zero eight, Tupelo, Mississippi three eight eight zero three. That address is on our website and Facebook page as well. Hey, thanks for joining us today. My name is Steve, hanging out with Mike. We'll be back next week here on Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope.
Thanks for listening to Hope Reigns from 8 Days of Hope. Come back next week for more God-sized stories from across the country. To listen to this or a previous episode of Hope Reigns, please visit our show archive at 8daysofhope.com.